Greetings, friends and neighbors, and welcome to episode eight of the Community Solutions Podcast, coming to you from the students, faculty, staff, and community partners associated with the Department of Social and Behavioral Sciences at the Indiana University Fairbanks School of Public Health in downtown Indianapolis, Indiana. I'm Jack Terman, Jr., a faculty member in the department, and your host for this podcast. I want to thank you for listening and remind you to keep spreading the word about our podcast to your friends, neighbors, and colleagues around the globe as we work together to build healthy, hope-filled neighborhoods. Please remember to subscribe to, follow, rate, and review our podcast. In our two months of existence, we have emerged as a global podcast. We now have listeners in Canada, Brazil, Morocco, Switzerland, and Tanzania. Today, we are going to learn some strategies about growing global health leadership as our students Hadia and Jasmine converse with Professor Sue Babbage, the school's Associate Dean for Global Health. Sue is going to share the importance of growing the number of global health leaders and strengthening even more the capacity of those around the world leading public health efforts. Sue provides a lot of insight into the importance of study abroad experiences as a means of understanding the strengths and needs of communities. Not only do we as Americans need to travel abroad to learn and share, but we need to welcome individuals from other nations to learn and share their wisdom with us. Solving community health issues is a complex task. To derive the best solutions, we need to work together and we need to be open to learning successful strategies from community leaders living in every corner of our world. I wish you a global adventurous day. Take the time to learn something new about a place you would love to explore. Let's join the conversation. This is Hadia and Jasmine, and we are here with Dr. Sue Babich, Associate Dean of Global Health at the Richard M. Fairbanks School of Public Health, to discuss global leadership. Dr. Babich, could you please tell us a little about yourself and your, the general scope of your work? Great. Thanks, you guys, so much for inviting me to be here. Uh, I love talking about this topic, and I love my job because um, as Associate Dean of Global Health, um, I have the pleasure of helping to develop our school's global strategy, and that includes um, our plans for internationalizing our curriculum and um, developing um, such things as study abroad programming and international partnerships, um, which is all so important because um, it is really critical that everybody that graduates out of our School of Public Health have a global perspective. Yeah, mm -hmm. sure. Mm -hmm. Now, this concept of global health leadership, could you please explain to our listeners what that means? Sure. Um, so we are, among many things, we are um, interested in helping to develop the leadership skills of um, public health professionals that come out of our school uh, because there are so many really complex and serious global health problems that we need to be able to address. And um, so few people who are working in public health actually have a formal education in public health. So mm -hmm. um, as uh, both of you know, public health is inherently quite a political uh, 
uh, issue. And um, so we need to ensure that um, graduates that come out of our programs um, have the political and other skills needed to make these big changes. So that includes having uh, good leadership abilities. And uh, we would define leadership as being the ability to influence those over whom you have no control. And um, so, so we are um, training uh, future public health leaders. And um, in fact, we are even starting a new doctoral program this fall. It'll be the DRPH program in global health leadership. And that's a program for people who are already established leaders and who want to um, uh, improve their skills so that they could create change on even a grander scale. What's the best way to deliver and receive this type of training? Well, um, you really can't teach leadership didactically. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it doesn't work very well to teach leadership through lectures, for example. Mm -hmm. um, learning about leadership is really um, more of an experiential uh, process. So um, the best way to deliver that kind of training is to create scenarios where people have access to, to meeting and interacting with diverse individuals working in diverse settings who can share their experiences and help broaden everybody's perspectives mm -hmm. and um, you know, hopefully trigger ideas, creative ideas, for solving some of these really complex problems that we're dealing with today. I mean things like climate change and um, infectious disease, um, you know, the, the social issues relating to migration mm -hmm. and um, displacements of persons, conflict, and uh, you name it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So let's name it. You talked about these complex issues. How can global health leadership be incorporated into something like HIV health programming? Well, having good health leadership skills are really critical to solving um, issues like HIV and AIDS uh, because, um, as I mentioned, um, you know, we are we are talking about something that is inherently political. In other words, to mitigate the spread of HIV, we need really effective public health policies in place in the countries uh, all over, including the U.S., but I mean in countries where um, you know, we are most affected by it. And so um, uh, oftentimes um, putting those policies in place butts up against values, entrenched interests, and um, other issues that make it difficult to um, advance these policies that we know would be effective at um, helping to stem the, the spread of AIDS, so HIV. So, um, so health leadership is needed because we need people who are equipped with the technical background as well as the people skills and mm -hmm. the um, knowledge and understanding and insights necessary to move the policy processes in the directions that they need to go. Yeah, for sure. Um, so what role do public health students play in understanding and delivering this type of um, leadership um, training or education? Well, leadership is um, relevant at all levels. So whether you are a student or you know a seasoned professional, mm -hmm. uh, everybody can use leadership skills to do their part. And, um, and, and so students, um, you know, really at the today need a solid background, technical background in public health, but they need the leadership skills, the people skills, the, the skills to work within these systems. And not only the American system, but at this point, everybody, all of us, need the skills to transcend cultures. Mm -hmm. And you know, we have new cultures joining us in the U.S., and um, all of you are going to be positioned 
to move across cultures around the world, to work together with people from around the world, to collectively solve some of these big problems that transcend borders. Mm-hmm. So, so students, um, the role that students have to play is to get educated and really well prepared for a multicultural f- uh, future. Now, along with all this work that you're doing in developing the DRPH program, with your support, the School of Public Health has also initiated and maintained several study abroad programs. So how can we relate these programs to global, how do these programs relate to global health leadership? Well, that's right. We really um, are excited about the study abroad opportunities that we are putting into place. And um, that's because um, you really have to get outside your own environment to, Number one, understand the global perspective, to gain the global perspective. And, you know, um, again, this is experiential learning. Um, You know, it's one thing to learn about other cultures in a textbook, Mm -hmm. but another thing, to to actually physically be there, meet people who live there, um, you know, experience the food, the music, the art, the culture, uh, the educational systems, and the ways that people think and work in mm-hmm. other cultures. Yeah. And so, um, uh, you know, it, it, it just matters. You, you, we simply have to get outside our own environment and um, challenge ourselves to um, go someplace that's unfamiliar. So in addition to, you know, giving everybody the insights they need, um, Uh, to help understand better how people think around the world. I think also just getting outside your comfort zone helps to make you more confident. Mm -hmm. And I think it does help to spur curiosity as well. Uh, From my experience, once students get out of the U.S. and go someplace abroad, even for a short time, even a week, they become much more confident and much more curious and interested in exploring other places. Mm -hmm. So I think it's a great confidence booster, um, and I I think that it is a a really good first step toward um, having uh, more sensitivity and um, actually becoming more flexible thinkers, Mm -hmm. and uh, and then applying that to the work that you you do even if you are working at home. Could could you talk a little bit about the um, upcoming study abroad to South Africa that's still in development right now? Yes, we had a really successful uh, study abroad program in Swaziland last year, and this year we've got a great opportunity to um, tweak that program because um, Indiana University is going to be establishing a new South African gateway office in Cape Town. So we are leveraging some contacts we have there and opportunities that that new gateway office is going to provide us with and we are actually going to refocus this trip on South Africa and so it's going to be an absolutely wonderful opportunity to um, spend a couple of weeks in South Africa and to learn about the culture and art music language in South Africa but also about the history in South Africa Um, we have a lot of um, uh, cultural excursions that will be built into that program as well as some really important public health um, sessions that we'll be holding with uh, faculty from uh, University of Cape Town, University of Western Cape, and um, our own faculty who will be helping to facilitate some um, understanding of the uh, disease and uh, public health challenges that are faced that are being faced by people in South Africa and um, how that's relevant to uh, the health system here in the U.S. as well. Mm -hmm. 
Now, you've talked about the benefits of study abroad programs on students and their learning. How can study abroad programs impact health concerns such as HIV specifically? Well, I think that once people have experience in other cultures, they are much more sensitive to um, how attitudes about attitudes and cultural beliefs about health and how people perceive and perceive health and receive education about mm-hmm. health care. I think students, you know, studying abroad helps to give everybody a greater sensitivity to these differences. Mm-hmm. And you have to have that uh, understanding in order to effectively work with people. Mm-hmm. In other words, you have to start with where people are at. Mm-hmm. Because developing programs or policies that don't jive with people's values and beliefs and customs, you know, are really um, destined to fail. So, um, you know, so in order to have these policies and programs that are um, likely to be sustainable and effective, um, they have to be in sync with the people that they are meant to serve. Mm-hmm. You talked about sustainability a little bit as far as making programs culturally competent, um, but are there other issues with sustainability when we're talking about um, developing program um, for HIV specifically within uh, other regions of the world? Absolutely. Well, I will. I will say that uh, one thing that we're working hard on is um, reciprocity in our study abroad programs, because really we have a lot to learn in this country from um, people all over the world. And it's a real mistake to think that uh, individuals that that communities from low resource countries don't have something to teach us. Yeah. In fact, uh, they have a lot to teach us. And so what we would like to do is begin to look for ways that we can, um, you know, sort of uh, have, have a more meaningful exchange so that when our students go to other places, we meet people in those locations and also in, invite them to come visit us, in, in mm-hmm. whether virtually or face-to-face mm-hmm. uh, here in um, our country as well. You know, there's another um, issue relating to sustainability um, of study abroad programs, and um, it really relates to uh, a couple of things. Number one, um, we often question the value of short-term study abroad programs, and I mean, you know, visits to other countries that last, you know, a week or two. Mm-hmm. Well, the reason we do that in public health, um, in our programming, um, is is that our programming for public health programs is really tightly choreographed, and there isn't a lot of time in the um, curriculum to allow students to go overseas for longer periods of time. But students really crave these experiences, and um, and we really feel strongly that these overseas experiences are a huge benefit to students. So, so the question is, how can we ensure that these experiences are also of benefit to the people that we are visiting? And, um, and, and also, how can we make these visits a meaningful educational experience? So we're, we're working hard um, on the campus level. Uh, we've, we are in the midst of some uh, really earnest discussions about that topic. Uh, in the School of Public Health, um, what we are doing is looking for, as I mentioned, ways of incorporating uh, more reciprocity in the development of these programs. But um, furthermore, we're also um, incorporating more classroom time before we go overseas um, to uh, really talk um, a, a lot more about the um, um, cultural implications and the uh, understanding the health systems of thoroughly before we uh, we take students over mm-hmm. over there. Um, and, um, and, and we are also playing with opportunities to 
use a virtual classroom and so to um, incorporate class sessions before the overseas trip to bring individuals from those locations that we'll be visiting, bring them into the classroom and uh, where they can benefit from the discussions be before our students travel to their countries. And so um, maybe, um, maybe um, in, in the next year or two, you can invite me back and I can tell you more <laughs> about some of those um, course options that we're, that we're developing. But I also think, in, again, in terms of sustainability, we need to make sure that everybody has a good opportunity to go overseas. And, um, and that means we need funding to yeah. support scholarships for study abroad. Mm -hmm. and, um, and that's something that we're working on hard to develop um, opportunities for um, people who would like to support us, help support scholarships for students, because mm -hmm. we want everybody, regardless of their ability to pay, to have an opportunity to travel overseas, because we really feel that that is utterly critical to a, a well-rounded public health education today. So how do we support host countries' um, ability to create strong health leaders? Well, um, the, you know, many low-resource countries, if that's what we're talking about, mm -hmm. already have the, um, you know, they already have strong health leaders. They already have the ability to fix their own problems. Yeah. But by sharing and learning from others around the world, they, like we, can strengthen our ability to um, be effective in strengthening our health systems and solving our problems. Uh, for example, um, we are, our School of Public Health is working with the Moy University School of Public Health in Eldoret, Kenya, mm -hmm. uh, where our um, IU School of Medicine AMPATH program is based. Mm -hmm. And uh, we are working with faculty there. Uh, we've, got a, we've got a grant through um, CTSI to um, look at the competency model that underlies the IU doctoral program in global health leadership. And we're going to check to see if those competencies match the learning needs of health leaders in Kenya. And if they do, then we are going to proceed with a proposal to develop a similar doctoral program at Moy. And, and then once that program is established, um, the mission of that program will be to train and strengthen the health leadership capacity of public health practitioners in Kenya. But we are going to then uh, partner with them, our program and theirs. We'll do some cross-teaching. We'll, we'll have our students mix and learn from each other. And in that way, we will strengthen the health, health leadership training that we're providing to students both in Africa as well as in the US. Before we close our discussion today, Dr. Babich, can you please leave us with five tips about how we can all be strong health leaders in our communities? Okay, now, uh, you surprised me with this one, and so there there must be a hundred tips I could give you, but just off the top of my head, I'll, I'll give you five. Now, for the first one that comes to mind, is a piece of advice that my older sister gave me when I was a teenager. And, and she said, anytime anybody offers you an opportunity to travel, take it. Don't think twice, take it. And I really think that that's, that travel and getting outside your own environment is really critical to developing good leadership skills. Um, as I mentioned earlier, I think it develops, it helps you develop confidence, um, a, a, a broader worldview, and um, you know it, there are many benefits to to travel, but I think that one of the benefits is related to the second tip that I would have, and that is to really 
focus on developing cultural humility or um, competency. Really open yourself up to experience other cultures and to um, think about how they view healthcare in terms of their uh, attitudes and beliefs and cultural practices. And um, because until we understand how others uh, see view health, uh, we will never be able to effectively work with them or work together with them to solve these global health challenges. Mm-hmm. Um, third tip would be to get educated. Um, absolutely, as you are, get an education in public health. Um, don't stop with a bachelor's degree. Go on for to graduate school. Mm-hmm. And um, if you're motivated, go on and get your doctoral degree as well. And, and then in addition to a solid mm-hmm. education, get experience. Get out there and work. Get into the practice world. Um, look for diverse experiences. Uh, push yourself beyond your comfort zone and, um, you know, collect experience that experiences that'll make you better prepared for your next position. Mm-hmm. And never stop learning. Uh, you know, there nobody, nobody should ever finish their education because um, in the field of health everything is changing constantly Mm -hmm. you have to keep up with it and um, it's really critical to continue honing the skills you've already developed and adding to them Mm -hmm. that's amazing well you provided us with a wealth of information and we want to thank you again dr babbage for coming to um, meet with us and discuss all of your amazing work that you're doing around the world well thank you it's a pleasure